Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Intuition has been my theme for the month of October. It's the topic that I've been deeping into personally, and I've been taking you on this journey with me. And the journey ends for now for now here with this episode. We started talking about how to manage and minimize decision fatigue as an entry point to discuss the topic of intuition and how powerful intuition can be in different areas of our lives. In fact, last week we went deeper into how intuition can impact our career development. We also share different strategies on how to tap into your intuition. But there is one thing that we still haven't talked about, and that is the barriers that can get in the way of tuning in with our intuition. And that's what I want to talk about today. I have come up with 10 different barriers that I personally have experience when trying to tune in with my intuition. And I want to share them with you. Um, You might identify or relate to one or many of these. And then we're going to talk about some strategies on how to overcome this barrier. So let's go through some of them and I'll share a little bit of my experience um, on one or other, because otherwise we can be talking for hours. But let's dig into these barriers. So number one is noise and distractions. In our fast-paced world, constant distractions and noise can drown out the subtle voice of our intuition. Remember, fear is loud and assertive, but intuition is soft and subtle. And it's challenging to hear that intuition when you're surrounded by the chatter of the outside world. And it can be difficult to find that quiet space to tune in with our intuition. But the thing is, or the reason why we see as human beings using less and less our intuition probably is because we're getting louder and louder and there's more and more destructions around us. Another barrier is doubt and second guessing. Trusting your intuition can be difficult, especially if you're used to making decisions based on logic and evidence like me. When you do and you all of a sudden try to invite your intuition to the party to relay more on your intuition to make decisions, naturally, you're going to start to doubt yourself and second guess yourself. And when you do that, Doubting and second-guessing yourself can cloud your intuitive judgment. Number three is overthinking. 
Overanalyzing situations and decisions can lead to paralysis by analysis. When your mind is overdrive, it's tough to hear to that soft whisper of your intuition. How many times have you been trapped in this trap? I have been personally many times. As I said, I'm more of a logical decision maker and I love to analyze data and look for more data to support my decisions. And many times I found myself, the more I look for data points, the more I get paralyzed in the analysis. And when I do that, when I get to that point, it's almost impossible for me to listen to my intuition because I get drawn back by the data. And I'm like, but the data says, right? Have you find yourself saying that to yourself sometimes? Maybe. I have many times. But again, I'm more of a logical decision maker uh, by default. Number four is the fear of being wrong. The fear of making a mistake can cause you also to ignore your intuition and rely solely on your, on your rational thinking. You might prioritize avoiding failure over listening to your inner guidance. I've been in that crossroad before. I've been trying to make a decision and I, I'm being intentional about listening to my intuition. I practice all the things that I've been sharing with you. But then I start to feel fear. I'm like, what if this is wrong? I'm like, I still don't trust my intuition. And what if... What if this is not even my intuition speaking? Like, how do I know that is my intuition? And how do I know that I can trust it? And I start to feel fear of being wrong because I am stepping outside of my comfort zone. And when I start to feel this fear of being wrong, I tend to relay on my rational thinking. Number five is external expectations. Pressure from external sources like society, your family, your friends, your coworkers can steer you away from your intuition. You might feel compelled to make choices that align with other people's expectations rather than what truly feels right to you. I don't know if you have experienced this, but all the time, or often, not all the time, but often we are thinking about something that feels right to us. And then we start to see that that is maybe not fitting the mold of what everyone else expects. And all of a sudden we want to comply with those external standards and expectations. We feel compelled to fit in. As human beings, I think we are in a point in our society that we are so worried to belong, to fit into a group, into a, a, a community, a team, that a lot of times we put that first before doing what feels right to us because we are afraid of what other people might think of us. We're afraid of the judgment and we want to to again, compel to comply to those external expectations. Similar to this one, but different is external influence. 
And that is when we constantly seek for external advice and opinion that can pull you away from your own intuition. I think that it's essential to strike a balance between seeking for input and trusting your intuition. And I want to share a personal story here, an example, recent one. This year, I published a book. Yes, I did. If you haven't hear about this book is because I haven't talked about it enough, but I published a book called Design, Build, and Drive Your Career. It's basically a very short book, but it's a roadmap on how to do that, how to take the driver's seat of your career, own your career, and um, develop your career and grow personally in your career. Anyways, what I want to talk about is the cover of the book. This book has been a product of my own work. So if you don't like it, me and only me is the one to blame. I did not have an editor. I did not have a publishing uh, house. I did not have anyone helping me design the cover. I did everything by myself. I'll self-publish this book and everything in this book is mine. It's done by me. So if there's anything that you don't like, it's me to be blamed. But when I was ready to publish my book on Amazon and I was going through the process, I started to look at the cover of the book. And I make multiple designs. I maybe have eight different designs, which first mistake, having too many options makes it really hard to make a decision. But I did. I have about eight different designs. And there was one from all the eight, there was one that I liked, that I felt connected with, that my intuition was telling me this is the one. And instead of going with that design, I started to seek for external advice and opinion. And let me put a pause here and, and say that a lot of times the reason why we seek for external advice and opinion, it's not really because we want to hear the opinion or the advice of others, but a lot of times we seek for that opinion and advice because what we're really looking for is validation. And I think that was my case. I have this eight designs. I had one that I was compelled to. My intuition was telling me this is the one. And because maybe I'm still working on building trust on my intuition, I went ahead and seek for that external advice and opinion. I asked friends. I asked my husband. I asked my brother for his opinion. I then also went ahead and in social media, I shared the eight designs and asked people to vote on the one they liked the most. And let me tell you this, and this is a very vulnerable, but the more input I was getting, the more opinions that I was getting from different people, the more confused that I was, the more I started to doubt my own intuition, the more lost that I felt, the more I knew I didn't knew what was the one that I should pick. And that was a mistake. Asking for that advice and that opinion was a mistake. 
because what I was really looking was for validation. And then I got really confused and I started to doubt myself and I started to doubt that hunch that I initially had. And it was weeks before I realized that this is what was happening. And then I scrapped it all and I end up going with the one cover that spoke to me at the very beginning. I created a painful process for myself where there was no need for that. I could have gone with that first hunch that I had. Now I know better and in retrospective that taught me this lesson of external influences can pull you away from your own intuition. And it is crucial that we strike for a balance between the two. There is gonna be times where you do need to seek for that external output, external input, sorry, external input and opinions and advice. But you need to strike a balance between that and trusting your own intuition. Okay, number seven is negative self-talk. Harsh self-criticism and a lack of self-compassion can create inner noise. We talk about outer noise, but that negative self-talk creates inner noise that drowns out your intuition. Your inner critic might tell you that you're not capable of making those intuitive decisions. When I think about this, the image that comes to my mind is a cartoon that I used to watch as a kid. I don't know if cartoons do this anymore, but when I was a kid, it was very common to see one of the main characters that had this little angel and this little devil versions of himself or herself in their shoulder talking to him or her, right? One, the angel was the intuition the devil was the inner critic. That's kind of the analogy or the picture that I see in myself when I picture this. And the devil is loud, right? And the angel is soft. So when you let in that inner critic, when you when the inner critic starts talking, typically tends to have a higher volume than your intuition. And that creates a lot of noise. And then you start to feel confused and you feel like you can't get in touch with your intuition. You can hear that, that subtle voice of your intuition. And you start to doubt yourself, right? And whether you're capable of even making those decisions. I don't know if you can relate with this at all, but there's a lot of times that I see this happening with myself, right? I have like two voices in my head. And no, I'm not crazy. Um, it's just my inner critic and my intuition trying to help me or guide me in making decisions. And typically my inner critic, as I said, it's much louder than my intuition. So I need to shut down my inner critic in order to listen to my intuition or at least lower the volume of that inner critic. And we've talked about the inner critic before here in the podcast as I'm talking I remember I did an episode just on this topic. Don't ask me what episode that was. Maybe it's a topic we can talk again in the future in another episode. 
Okay, number eight, we're almost there, is lack of self-awareness. Without a deep understanding of yourself, it's going to be very challenging to recognize your intuitive signals. Self-awareness is foundational for a lot of things, and among those, tuning with your intuition. I have talked about self-awareness over and over again because I think it's so foundational for so many things, for your personal growth, for you becoming a better version of yourself, for you just improving in anything. You can change what you don't know needs to be changed. At the same time, if you're not at the same time, if you're not self-aware, it's going to be very difficult for you to tune in with your intuition. Number 9 is stress and anxiety. High levels of stress and anxiety can cloud your judgment and make it difficult to connect with your intuition. So calming your mind is crucial if you want to access to that inner wisdom um, or or your intuition, in other words. I don't know about you, but I mentioned to you, I am more of a logical, rational decision maker then I am an intuitive decision maker. And I can do, I have the ability like you and everyone to do both. We all have the ability to do both, but we tend to lean in more in one or the other. And when we're under stress, we tend to go back to our natural way of making decisions. If you're more of an intuitive decision maker, this might not be such a barrier as it is for those of us that are more rational decision makers. When you are under stress, you tend to go to your default mode. But even if you're an intuitive decision maker, I can think, I can assume that high levels of stress or even anxiety can also cloud your judgment. Because When you are under stress or you're experiencing anxiety, you're basically in flight mode, right? And our brains are designed, the first job of your brain is to keep you safe. And when you're under a lot of stress or where you're experiencing anxiety, that is a signal that you're not safe. That's how your brain interprets that. And that blocks a lot of things, a lot of functions, because it's priorities to keep you safe. And that might cloud, again, your judgment and make it more difficult to connect with your intuition. Okay, finally, number 10 is habitual thinking. Falling into habitual patterns of thought and behavior can hinder your ability to be open to intuitive insights. And I think it requires a willingness to break free from routines to help connect with your intuition. When everything is robotized, where everything is automated, when everything is habitual, it can be really hard to let in something that is completely the opposite because your intuition is a free spirit, right? And it feels... That's not an environment where your intuition can thrive. So breaking through those habitual patterns of thought and behavior can can help in, in connecting with your intuition. So again, these are 10 barriers that I could come up that I have personally experienced in one way or another. 
And the bottom line of this, there might be more, I'm sure there are more. You probably can think about other barriers. These are the ones I could think of. But the bottom line is that recognizing these barriers is the first step in overcoming them. Once again, we talked about it, I think it was number eight on the list, the lack of self-awareness, right, can't um, make it challenging to tune into your intuition. Well, self-awareness, once again, comes up here. If you're not self-aware that these barriers are taking place, it's going to be very hard to overcome them. By addressing these challenges, you can become to clear the path to listen to your intuition more effectively. So let's talk about how can we overcome these barriers. And I'm going to share with you a few strategies that you might want to consider if so far you can identify with any of the barriers that we shared. So the first one is to create space and stillness. Setting aside time for quiet reflection, like meditating or practicing mindfulness or simply spending time in nature can help to clear all the mental clutter and allow your intuition to surface. Another strategy is to practice self-compassion, to be kind to yourself and acknowledge that making mistakes is part of life. Embracing your imperfections and understanding that intuition doesn't always guarantee a quote-unquote right decision, right? Another strategy is to, we talked about this before, develop self-awareness. Getting to know yourself deeply, reflecting on your values, on your passions, on your true why matters to you, that is important. The more self-aware you are, the easier it's going to be to recognize your intuition. Number four is to trust the process. Building trust in your intuition takes time and practice. And the only way to start is to start small. Start with small decisions and gradually work your way up to more significant choices. I think a lot of times we say, okay, I want to be more of an intuitive decision maker. And we choose the biggest decision to leaning into our intuition, right? That can be really scary. And if you haven't built that trust with your intuition, it can be really, really hard, almost impossible, I would say. So start small and gradually work your way up to more significant choices. Trust your ability to learn from both the successful and the less successful intuitive decisions that you make. Number five is to cultivate mindfulness, right? Pay attention to the present moment without judgment. That is what mindfulness is. Mindfulness practices can help you become more attuned to your inner world and make it easier to spot those intuitive nudges that come here and there. Because here's the thing, your intuition doesn't talk to you in full sentences or complete dialogues. It's like little nudges here and there that add up to the whole picture or the whole solution or hint to make that intuitive decision. Number six is to limit the external influences. 
as I said before, while seeking advice from others can be valuable, I think it's important to limit the number of external voices that you listen to, especially when you're making personal decisions. And the main reason for that is because any advice they give you is more about them than it is about you. We've talked about this before on the podcast. And I think when you're making personal decisions, while advice is valuable, you need to give your inner wisdom, your inner voice priority because you know you better than anyone else. Strategy number seven is to practice letting go. This one is really hard for me, but release the need for complete control and certainty. Accept that intuitive decisions might not always have concrete explanations, and that is okay. Be comfortable with ambiguity, right? Let go. This is one that is really hard for me, but I'm trying, and I'm trying really hard. Number eight is set clear intentions. Before you enter a situation where you want to connect with your intuition, set an intention that you want to do that. It's like sending a signal to your subconscious to be on the lookout for those insights. And then you can be more receptive to those insights. Number nine is listen to your body. A lot of times our intuition talks to us through physical sensations and paying attention to those physical sensations like the so-called gut feeling or your heart rate raising up, right? Those are ways that your body is giving you clues that align with your intuition. Number 10 we're almost done, is embrace failure as a learning opportunity. This is one of my favorite ones. This is one that becomes a little bit easier for me than some of the others, but it's about understanding that even when your intuitive choice doesn't turn out as expected, it's an opportunity for growth and for learning. So it's about reframing your failure as a valuable experience. And this is one I've been leaning in a lot in my own journey on tuning in more with my intuition. It's every time that I listen to my intuition that sometimes, to be honest, I don't even know if it's my intuition or what it is. But when I lean in into that voice and I listen to that voice and I failed or I make a decision that didn't turn out the way I wanted or whatever the case is. I like to stop and look at it as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity to get to know more and understand better how my intuition is manifesting when I'm trying to tap into it and to help me build trust on my intuition by learning from failure. Okay, number 11, it's opposite to something that I said before, but is seek for guidance and support. And this one is a little bit different, right? This is not in terms of seeking for opinions from others or validation from others, but this is more working with a coach or a mentor that can help you develop your intuition. 
Sometimes an external guide can provide you insights and techniques that can enhance your ability to tune in with your intuition. This is something I'm personally doing as well. I have been looking for a mentor in this space. This is something that I want to get better at. So I started to think about who that I know, who around me um, has it's a good intuitive decision maker that can mentor me in tapping more into my intuition. I also have been looking for guidance and support from mentors that I don't know personally. I mentioned this before many times, but your mentors doesn't have to be people that you know personally or that they will mentor you personally, but you can find mentors that speak to you through their podcasts, their books, their the the content they're putting out in the world. So I've been consuming a lot from people that I respect in this space of intuition. And the last one, and there might be many other ways, but the last one that I can think of that I've been trying to, to tap into myself is practice. Practice, practice, practice. The more you practice connecting with your intuition, the better you're going to become and recognizing it and trusting it. Start with small minor decisions and then gradually work up to more significant choices. Remember, tuning in with your intuition is a personal journey. Be patient with yourself. Stay open to the possibility that your intuition can be a powerful and reliable guide in your life, in all areas of your life. With that, we are closing chapter. Uh, as I'm recording this is October 29th. We're just a couple of days away from closing the month. And I'll be opening a new chapter with a new theme for November. But for now, I'm going to stop the episodes around intuition here, even though the work continues. It continues for me, and I hope it continues for you. I hope that with this mini-series, it inspires you to be more curious about how can you also tap more into your intuition, and hopefully you learn a thing or two that you're willing to put in practice to help you lean in more into your intuition that can help you in your own personal journey that can help you in being more open to this possibility that your inner wisdom, your intuition can be a powerful and reliable guide in your life. As always, if you like today's podcast episode, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Share it with a friend or someone that can benefit from this content. Share it on your social media and tag me. I will be forever grateful for you helping me stand about the, the word for the Leading Yourself podcast. With that, I hope you have an amazing week ahead, and I will see you here back next week for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.